Hello, my name is Naveed Rahman, and my topic was Freedom Rides 1961. Freedom Rides was a dramatic movement that occurred at the peak of the civil rights era back in 1961. After the momentum of student-led sit-ins in North Carolina and Nashville in the early 1960s, an interactional group of activists led by James, Far James Farmer, who was the executive director of the group called CORE, which was the Congress of Racial Equality. He decided to continue to challenge Jim Crow segregation in the South by organizing freedom rides throughout the region. The same form of movement took place back in 1946. The movement then was mainly taken place due to the Supreme Court decision in Morgan versus the Commonwealth of Virginia, which outlawed segregation and interstate travel. Freedom Riders were groups of whites and African-American civil rights activists who participated in Freedom Rides bus trips through the South in 1961 to protest segregation bus terminals. The Corps organized a dozen activists who were paired into two interracial sets of Freedom Riders who would travel on the Greyhound and trail, Trailways buses from Washington, D.C. to New Orleans, Louisiana. They started on May 4, 1961, and planned to arrive in New Orleans, Louisiana on May 17th to commemorate the 17th anniversary of the Supreme Court decision, which called the segregation of nation's public schools unconstitutional. The group traveled through Virginia and North Carolina, drawing little public, public attention. But the first violent incident occurred on May 12th in Rock Hill, South Carolina. John Lewis, a seminary student, and Albert Bigelow, a World War II veteran, and one other uh, African-American writer were attacked as they attempted the white-only uh, waiting area. They continued, however, and crossed Georgia without incident. When the activists reached Alabama on May 14th, the attacks intensified. Once the Greyhound's bus reached Anniston, it was met by a mob whose members threw rocks and slashed the bus's tires. The driver continued driving the bus with slashing tires for a few miles out of town. When he stopped to repair the tires, white supremacists firebombed the vehicle. The Freedom Riders escaped the bus as it burst into flames, only to be brutally beaten by the members of the surrounding mob. The second bus was called a Trailways Vehicle. It traveled to Birmingham, Alabama, and those riders were also beat down by an angry white mob. Even though the officials knew of a potential attack, they chose not to provide police protection because it was Mother's Day. Next morning's front page of the newspaper were full of pictures of bloody riders with burning bus in the background. The newspaper and pictures drew international attention to the Freedom Riders cause and the state of race relations in the United States. After the widespread of violence, Corps officially couldn't find a bus driver who would agree to transport the group and they decided to abandon the Freedom Riders. 
However, an activist named D Diane Nash organized a group of students from Nashville to continue the rides. On May 20th, the Nashville riders were back in Birmingham, where there were no incidents. The Freedom Riders traveled onto Montgomery, where a white mob of men, women, and children carrying baseball bats, tire irons, and bricks met them at, at the terminal. As the riders departed from the bus, the angry mob attacked and beat the passengers. They attacked John Lewis and Jim Zwerg, who were both very injured. When the White House observer John Seg Sigenthaler attempted to attack to protect two of the Freedom Riders, Susan Wilburn and Susan Herman, and attacked John and he was knocked out unconscious. The attack was televised nationally and helped strengthen the resolve of the Freedom Riders. James Farmer, Farmer arrived to personally lead the rest of the group to Jackson, Mississippi. Pol police escorted and protected them as they traveled across the state. Once in the bus terminal, Jackson police arrested all of the demonstrators for violating a past breach of the peace statue. They were all convicted and fined $200 each. Riders refused to pay, and the judge sentenced them to 90 days, 90 days in jail. To intimidate the marchers, Mississippi officials transferred over 100 men and women of freedom riders to the state prison at Perchman, where they were the subject to many beatings. They were stripped, searched, and fed inedible food. Prison officials confiscated the blankets and mat mattresses. As more and more demonstrators arrived, they continued to get arrested and treated in the same way. By the end of the summer, over 300 men and women were arrested. On May 24, 1961, U.S. Attorney General Kennedy issued a statement urging a cooling off period in the face of the growing violence. In a speech, he stated a cooling off period is needed. It would be wise for, the, for those traveling through Mississippi and Alabama to delay their trips until the present state of confusion and danger has passed and an atmosphere of reason and normalcy has been restored. During the Mississippi hearing, the judge turned and looked away, looked at the wall rather than listened to the Freedom Riders defense. He sentenced the riders to 30 days in jail. Attorneys from the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or the NAC, NAACP, appealed the convictions all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which was later reversed. The riders continued over the next several months, and in the fall of 1961, under pressure from the Kennedy administration, the Interstate Commerce Commission, Commission issued regulations prohibiting segregation in interstate transit terminals. The Freedom Riders illuminated the courage of black and white and white youth and highlighted the leadership of Diane Nash. Diane Nash, who led the Nashville sittings, heard about the Riders and repeated the model of the exact movement was attacked in Alabama. She was the head of the movement in Montgomery and when 
The violence took place. The local black churches called meetings to organize and inform others of the change and threats in the area. The churches were told not to continue with these meetings and were threatened. They were told that they will all be locked inside the churches and will be burned down. Nash called Dr. King, informed him of the threats, and shortly Dr. King joined her. Upon his arrival and noticing the seriousness of the threats, he contacted Kennedy for help, and shortly after, National Guards were sent in to rescue them and put a stop to the threats. John Lewis, one of the original 13 Freedom Riders, was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in November of 1986 and served 17 terms in Congress. He received the Presidential Medal of Honor from President Barack Obama. He died in July, on July 17, 2020. People like Lewis and Nash and hundreds of other became inspiration to the movements such as would be seen in future campaigns, such as Mississippi's Freedom Summer in 1961, the Selma Movement in 1965, as well as in dozens of efforts to register, to vote, or to integrate the region, the region's public schools. Oprah Winfrey showed which show, which aired on July 15, 2020, is a great reference to learn about more about the movement. In this document documentary, we meet over a hundred of the survivors of that movement, all very special people. But the one that caught my attention was a 12-year-old girl named Jane Forsyth. The Greyhound bus was that, that was burned was in front of her parents' shop. Once she saw people jumping out of the bus to escape, she ran towards them and picking them up and giving them water to save them from the smoke. She was harassed by the KKK, but they eventually gave her a break because she was so young. In this episode, we get to meet one of our courageous people after another.